Welcome to the first season of Arise Esther, a podcast for today's Esthers, women who are ready to rise up in bold, courageous faith like Esther of old, who stepped up to lead when life was tough and hope was dim, but faith was fierce. Hi, I'm Don Scott Damon, your podcast host. I get to talk to some of the most resilient women on the planet, all who've tackled difficult life crises head on and triumphed. Now we're here to help you do the same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. Well, my guest today, you are going to love her. She is a popular international music artist who uses her gifts as a worship leader, a songwriter, she's an author, a speaker, all that to bring hope to weary believers. Her recent album, Stand, has an accompanying devotional book, and it tells the stories of scriptures behind the songs. She has written for Arise Daily and Leading Hearts Magazine, as well as a few other guest blogs, but she is also the writer, author, and inspiration behind our brand new theme song, The Arise Esther Song. My guest has been interviewed. She eventually, she originally is from the UK, and in her recent summer tour there, she was on many radio stations. You are going to love her. She is excitingly working towards her next feature, which is a podcast, God in the Ordinary. Ordinary. She told me to say it in three syllables. God in the ordinary. And she has a husband, two of their three children live in Dallas together. Please welcome to the podcast today, my guest, Sharon Tedford. Welcome, Sharon. Hello. How are you? It's really good to be here. Thanks so much for having me today. Well, I'm excited to talk to you today. You do a lot Thank of things. Um, I didn't mention that you have a ministry called 61 Things Ministry, and you are preparing for your new podcast, God in the Ordinary. You just love revitalizing believers. Tell us a little bit about yourself when we get into this discussion today. Well, we've lived in Dallas, just outside Dallas, for coming up on 11 years. It will be our 11-year uh, birthday very soon and uh, we've really enjoyed living here it's been a very big cultural difference mm. at the beginning it was a shock now yeah. it's just a difference okay. uh, so we don't call it culture shock anymore mm -hmm. um, and I've been really uh, leading worship since I was 14 so that's about mm, 10 years now right <laughs> <laughs> and well, just loving Indian, ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> uh, loving serving God in that way and um, recording albums and things uh, in England and then um, as you said my latest one Stand uh, which we produce here in America with my absolutely incredibly brilliant um, record producer John John Robinson who is a two-time Grammy award-winning producer and I actually was his first full gospel album so that was really fun mm -hmm. to work with him on that and he gave me a lot of um ability to choose what I wanted which is really good worked with him a lot that helped me grow as yeah. a believer because you suddenly see what God is doing in you come to fruition that was really fun mm. so we've done we've had fun making friends here and turning friends into family mm -hmm. there is no replacement for family but yeah. sometimes you have to put somebody in that place and so we have people here now who we call family and we are very thankful to Jesus for um, social media and the internet because we spend time with our family online 
all the time. So COVID might be new for you to be on Zoom, um, but we've been doing that for 11 years, but on FaceTime and Skype as it was back in the old days. Back in the day. um, <laughs> so we're very grateful. It would have been a very different experience had we moved here 50 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. It would have been a completely different experience. What yeah. brought you to the States to begin with? Were, was it a career change or what made you come this way? Uh, the, the short answer is God. God. <laughs> the long answer is my husband had a change in his job and was invited to join a company here that uh, he's in the airline industry. So mm-hmm. it was a company here who invited him to join, to join their team in Dallas. Okay. So we wow. didn't want him to go on his own. We came with him. Yeah, well, that was a good thing. That was a good decision. <laughs> you started leading worship at 14. That's very young. Um, I have grandchildren that are that age, and I think I just can't quite picture them doing that, although they're very brilliant, yes, but that's an anointing. That's a gift. Did you, how did, were you playing and worshiping and knowing music or that call from God at obviously even younger than that? Yeah, I started writing songs with my friend up the road when I was 11. And we were brave enough to um, play our, like, probably our third song in the full high school assembly when we were freshmen, which when I look back on it now, I'm like, what was wrong with you to do that in front of the whole school? Um, I don't know if I'd be able to do that now in front of a whole school of uh, high school kids. Um, But they were were faith-based songs, but not necessarily um, to do with, like you wouldn't have used them to lead, to sing in worship. Okay. Um, and then and then I was invited to join a Christian rock group. Um, we toured extensively. And so I did that when I was 14. And we were always, so we would do a concert on a Saturday night. And then we were often invited to lead worship on the Sunday morning. Yeah. So that's kind of how it started. And then our own church were like, wait, why are we sending you away to lead worship? Mm-hmm. You guys should do that here too. So um, again, that was a long time ago. So uh we would only do it in the evenings. Do you remember those days when yes. we could only have a certain kind of music at night? Oh, yeah. Because that somehow made it okay. That was uh, okay. Yeah. God could be contemporary at night, but not so much during the day. Yeah, he didn't like it. He needed to be a bit tired <laughs> to be able to let it pass. Um, so that was a wonderful... At night. <laughs> that was a really wonderful experience. And I, I actually contacted the pastor who was my pastor then, Um, Last year, I was hoping to see him while I was on tour. I haven't seen him for, I don't know, 25 25 years, maybe a bit more than that, more like 30 probably. Um, And he wrote back and actually he couldn't come because he wasn't well. But um, we had a lovely conversation back and forth in email and I thanked him because he really pushed me. Um, I was leading a song at some point in rehearsal and he walked through the he walked through the church while we were practicing and I was timid and um, I, it's funny, it's really funny to think back to this, but I used to really struggle with getting into the song. Then I'd be like, oh, relax, do the middle bit really well. And then at the outro, the last like eight to 10 measures, I suddenly go wobbly. I'm like, oh my goodness, I did it and I didn't die. And you sound terrible because you're losing your breath and everything. And, and he came up to me after our rehearsal and said, took me aside very kindly but straight in my eyes he said Sharon if you're gonna sing sing God is giving you a gift (laughs) okay so you know that was kind of a turnaround for me and um, I did have stage fright for a long long time um, which the Lord helped me with and has dealt with most of it and very kindly actually 
he has left me with a residue of stage, stage fright, which I now don't see as stage fright, but instead as forcing me to rely on him because I can't do it without him anyway. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a really interesting thing because I know I, I, I also sing, but if a pastor would have said that to me, I think that would have created even more anxiety. Like now <laughs> I have to do it or I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, but you press through and you have just enough to say, hey, God, you're in control of this. I rely on you. I can't. That's a good thing. You can't get out there and and um, just think, I'm just going to do this quickly and rely on my own strength, but got to press into God to do it. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you did, too, because you have a beautiful ministry, and I've had the privilege of hearing some of your worship leading, and uh, that's an anointing, and that's a gift from God. So I'm so glad that you got over that stage fright. Talk to us about your Isaiah or your um, 61 thing ministry based on Isaiah, right? Well, you're almost right. It's a little bit like ordinary because it's based on Isaiah 61. I just but, get it. <laughs> but I'll let you off. And we let all of our American friends say Isaiah. Actually, we have a friend whose son is Isaiah. And I always have to catch myself and not call him Isaiah because that actually is not his name. Yeah, that's know? right. <laughs> Like someone calling Isaiah. me Sharon. No, Isaiah. my name is Sharon. Yeah. Sharon. Um, okay. <laughs> well, I was at um, a pink conference, which is put on by Gateway Church, which is uh, Bill Robert, Bill Roberts, Rob, Robert Roberts, who is, um, no, that's a complete lie. Let me try that again. Robert Morris is the pastor uh, where Carrie Job used to be at church. So it's a massive church and they put on a women's event every year. I was invited to go by a friend of mine and she had actually purchased seats because she goes every year. You can go into the sit anywhere section or she had a, this is our seat. Um, and so she invited me to join her and we sat in our purchased seats. And I say that because it's part of the story. Um, okay. One evening uh, we went out for dinner and then came back for the next session. And while we all went out for dinner, unbeknownst to us, the there's a team in that church who spend a whole year praying prophecies over people who are coming to the event. Mm. And while you all leave the building to go to dinner, they put 2000 envelopes tucked inside every individual seat. Or it might even be 4,000. I forget. It's a very big auditorium. So when we came back, this is why it's important that it was my seat. Mm -hmm. There was a word of prophecy tucked inside my seat. Mm -hmm. And when I opened it, we were, my friend, I didn't know anything about it. My friend did because she's been before, but she didn't say, she knew it would be a really lovely surprise. Mm -hmm. And when I opened it, she's like, what to say, what to say? Well, I just couldn't speak because it was so dead on mm -hmm. that it took my breath away and brought the tears out. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and when she read it, she knows my story and she was just as surprised and as we would say in England, gobsmacked yeah. that, you know, our kind father had prepared this and who knows when in the period of that year, somebody had written that prophecy, um, but it was right and it was helpful and it was calling me on and it was all based on Isaiah 61 verses one through four, where um, God is telling us that you are anointed, that you are able to go out and see the blind, see the mm -hmm. sick healed, rebuild 
the walls that have been long devastated and you are an oak of righteousness. Mm-hmm. I then spent a, a, a long time sort of, it had, I had it sitting on my desk and I was really encouraged by what it said. And uh, this was 2014. And one day God said, you know what? That little um, prophecy that's sitting on a card on your desk, there's more inside that. There's a gift inside and I want you to unwrap it. So I'm a words girl, like I think you probably are too, Don. <laughs> so I got out my 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 uh, blue letter Bible. Com, got that out on my computer. If you've never used blue letter Bible. Com, this is the advertisement for it. Okay. Go and use blue letter Bible. Com, and I dug into every single word, and I thought I'd have a few notes. Well, I had 58 pages by the time I'd finished, and I, every day I was talking to my husband about all the exciting things that I was uncovering. And as we went on and on and on, it just became really clear that God is calling me into full-time ministry, not just leading worship, but to do more with what he'd already given me. Um, And it seemed that the name should be 61 things because in Isaiah 61, all the things that we will ever need to speak out for Jesus, to feel called, to feel ready to feel equipped it's all there in isaiah 61 which is why it's called isaiah six which is why it's we're called 61 things mm-hmm. that is an amazing portion of scripture and i also have really gleaned some promises and hope from that the the beauty for ashes you know yeah. the oil of joy instead of mourning and so so that began the ministry and so but that wasn't when you began your singing you've been doing that for a long time and leading worship what changed what was the shift for you you just went to the next level that's an interesting question because i don't even know that i went to the next level i just felt like so i hadn't i hadn't written the book so i was already in the process of recording my album stand um we, we'd just done some pre-work in the studio. We hadn't really got down to business. And so all of this was wrapped up at the same time that I got this prophecy. Um, and we were, we'd started working on the, on the album. And so I guess it was probably six or eight months until I started writing out all of those notes. So we pushed it, pushed it out a while from the, the date of prophecy. So then I was in the studio and um, my producer, in order to have, I'm sure you know this already, Dawn, but when you meet somebody to share a new song with them, with the producer, you need to tell them the story so that they know the genre and the feel and the style. So I was telling him the stories behind the songs. And after we were working on our third track, he said, okay, Sharon, stop. And I thought, oh, he hates this one, which he's perfectly at, at right to do. He said, okay, I hope you know that you need to write a book. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? He said, you're such a good storyteller. I want all of these stories in a book. And I said to him, well, I hope you know that we're recording an album and there is no time in the world to do both. <laughs> and um, he just laughed and I came home and uh, studio time is normally late in the evening. So when I came home, my husband was just a lump in the bed. And, you know, that little kind of grunt you get, well, how was your day? Uh-huh. And I just crawled into bed and I said, well, John said I should write a book. Hmm. And my husband went, well, duh. And just went, <laughs> <laughs> so 
So I kind of counted that as confirmation. Um, <laughs> and I'd done, I did an English degree. So I have been writing, I used to write plays and the spoken word at the church where, we, where I led worship in England. So I would do the Christmas play and the Easter play. That was always my, my baby and stuff for the children. So I have been writing. It's not like I'd never written before. Um, but I'd never thought about writing a book. So the book came about through um, just one step at a time. And then it became clear that, well, if I'm going to have a book and I've got a new album, then why don't I just get that out there and speak about who God is? I've also been speaking since I was 16, doing all kinds of Sunday school leading and um, competitions in the UK, which we call public speaking competitions, which here for you would be a bit more like debate. Not oh, okay. quite the same, but almost. Okay. So um, it wasn't a huge leap in my skill set, but it was a huge leap in my trust set. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Isn't it God? Isn't God so cool how if you just had one step that led to the next? Like, you know, the Bible says that God, he is a lamp unto our feet and his word is a lamp unto our feet. And I think, you know, it's not a floodlight, is it? We don't always see the whole big massive plan of God, but we just see the next step and then the next step. And as you took those steps, God began to open doors and that's how he's leading you and guiding you into the fullness of his plan, especially if you have a little bit of stage fright, like you mentioned, he's not going to show you the whole thing, scare you away. Yeah. Isn't that, it's just like our God, isn't it? It makes me think of the other, the other scripture, trust in the Lord with all your heart yes. and in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. He will. That's He'll one of my favorite yes. thoughts or, you know, the vision of that. He will make your path straight. He's not trying to make me trip or, right. you know, suddenly, oh, here's a turn. Oh, sorry, you missed it. You know, he's, he's just taking us, like you said, one step at a time. And that's very much one of the things that I speak about is just one yes at a time. One step of obedience takes you to the next one. Mm -hmm. And God doesn't want us to sit around mm -hmm. not responding to that one yes, because we think that one yes is, oh, that's too small. It's too insignificant. No, it's part of the plan. It's part of our journey. Yes, ma'am. I can think of so many times that I said yes to God in areas where I felt even maybe afraid or inadequate or I'm thinking, you know, what difference can I make? But yes, you know, I'll do that. And this past weekend being something similar, just a small group of, uh, of gatherers that asked me to come and speak at this conference. And, and it was like, yeah, you know, sure, I can do that. But what, when, because I felt that tug in my heart. And so I responded, I said, yes, I mean, I, I understand that we can't say yes to everything in life, but when you feel that tug and so I did it and, you know, God just opened up this whole other area where had I said, no, I wouldn't have experienced or seen the miracles that we just saw this past weekend. That's part of your ministry too, is giving hope, giving hope to weary believers. I have to believe that right now, there are a lot of weary people in this world. Yeah, there certainly are. I think we've all reached our, the end of our tethers through COVID and many people were already feeling a little lost and a little weary before COVID, mm -hmm. believers and non-believers alike. And it's important that we should remember that 2020 has been difficult up to this point, but before March, there was January and February. 
Now they may not have been difficult and we haven't finished 2020 yet. And I just, we're at, we're at that place in our family where we are asking God to continually show us the good that is left in 2020, that we should be squeezing it out for every little piece that is left because God isn't done with 2020. We shouldn't be moving on to 2021 yet because he's put us in 2020 for a reason he's put us in our families for a reason he's put us in our jobs in our churches in our supermarkets in our stores for a reason wherever we go he's put us there for a reason and if we know and love jesus we are hope carriers we carry the eternal truth of jesus we carry freedom and joy and delight we carry uh, healing we carry all kinds of things that god has already equipped us with and so you know we need to remember that wherever we are even if we feel like hope is ebbing out of me that jesus continues to fill us with his hope we just need to stay in touch with him mm-hmm. and I, I use the word just sometimes i recognize that actually that's a really difficult thing to do mm-hmm. staying in t- touch with jesus especially when things are so strange around us when our natural rhythms of life have gone, that actually can be really difficult. I struggled with that during COVID to continue with my daily worship, with my daily time with the father, because nobody left my house. (laughs) So there was not the normal routine. So I'm not saying, Oh, just, just talk to Jesus. Like it's easy, but you know, it's worth it. It's worth pressing in because he's going to tell you again, there's more hope. There's more freedom. There's more victory. Um, not that he's giving us more he hasn't suddenly found more we have it all we have all the hope he has to give we have all the freedom he has to give us we have all the victory already the point is i'm finding more of his victory and when i stay close to him so i hope that as believers when we're weary we can get together with other people we can get on a zoom call with our friends or just a regular old phone call or sit in our backyards if you're not ready to see people face to face and just pour out your heart with each other and be honest and open. Mm-hmm. And then it helps you to realize I'm not the only one feeling this. And even if you are the only one feeling whatever that feeling is, God has put you in a family of God. He tells us that he places us in families and he's put yeah. you in a family of God so that they can encourage you because we're meant to be together. Mm-hmm. We're meant to be fighting this fight as soldiers, shoulder to shoulder together, facing and, uh, smashing down the enemy because he's already lost Mm -hmm. that's so well said and you know for people who don't know how to maybe get at the piano and worship your your project that you just uh, created last year called stand um what a perfect opportunity and what a great word if ever we felt like maybe we're just Mm -hmm. being shaken and everything that can be shaken is and we need to stand in this season and not quit and not give up. You've, you've done music and worship for people and what a great project. How do they get avail- How do they get a hold of that? You're right. It is, it's so funny how when you've written it a little while ago, then suddenly it becomes very relevant. Right? Um, you can get a hold of it on iTunes and you can have it right now in your phone today. Uh, just look up the album Stand and Sharon Tedford, or you can get the hard copy CD from CD Baby or Amazon, and you can get the book from Amazon or Barnes & Noble. 
Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, and, and ladies and gentlemen, you want to get that project because I'll tell you what, the music that comes from her is so anointed and so soothing and encouraging. I've experienced it. And speaking of that, you've written the song for our Arise Esther theme. And how did that come about? <laughs> how did you get chosen to write this song? I have no idea. I think somebody thought it would be a different Sharon and they called me instead, but they got stuck with me. So here we are. Uh, Lynn, Linda Evans Shepherd, who is the director of Advanced Writers and Speakers Association, also called me and said, mm, we're doing this project and a few people have uh, the, the steering group few people have mentioned you and so I'd like to give you the opportunity to write a song a theme song for us and we we spent a half an hour maybe an hour on the phone chatting about her hopes and dreams for what um, Arise Esther will be mm -hmm. and so I was just taking notes on some of the salient points that she had and you know um, I know that you know Linda Evans Shepherd when you speak with her you hear her heart yes so it wasn't difficult to really find out what she really wanted but um, she said, I want it to be an anthem. And so I had it stirring around. Lots of people ask me, do you write the words or the music first? And the answer is yes, because it comes to me. I think it's about 50-50 between musicians who would say, there's 50% who say, I only start with music or I only start with lyrics. Mm -hmm. And then 50% who say, it kind of is all muddled up. So I just let it ruminate and cogitate in my heart and ponder on it like Mary did yeah. and think about it for a while and don't actually write anything down. <clears throat> and then one day I start thinking, oh, this could be the chorus. I know I wanted to accentuate the word arise. It's actually a very little word, mm -hmm. but it is packed with power. Yes. It isn't just rise. The whole word arise is an action you want. I want you to do it right now. It's more of an order. Mm -hmm. If we are willing to use such a strong word, mm -hmm. it's a clarion call. It's you being invited into rising up. It's much stronger to say to somebody arise than go up to somebody and say, would it be okay if you rise up? You know, arise. Yeah. The one word on its own is strong. Yeah. So I knew I wanted to keep that um, and then the rest of the story just came to me over the period of a couple of weeks. And I sent it to Linda and said, because it was never a done deal. And, and a commission works that way. You don't, you don't have to accept it. You know, the organization don't have to say yes. Um, and she called me back and said, you know, I'm not a crier. I'm really not. But my husband just came rushing into the room to see what was wrong with me because I was weeping so hard when I listened to the song. I love it. I love it. So I took that as a sign that it was okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can you share some of the lyrics with us? I know sometimes writers um, forget their own <laughs> lyrics, but yeah. do you have them handy? Because I do because you're absolutely right. I can sing them, but I can't say them. Right? So um, the chorus is love will arise, hope will arise, truth arise in me, peace will arise, power arise. And here's the kicker. That's not in the song. I don't sing that. <laughs> that would be weird. The last line is church, arise with me. Now, I mean church, capital C, church across the world. Mm -hmm. You know, we, the, the, the lyric love will arise. Why will it arise? How will it arise? Mm -hmm. We'll leave that hanging in the air. Hope will arise. How will it arise? Mm -hmm. Truth 
arise in me. All of these things are only going to arise if I speak them out and I share them. Peace and power too. So I want to, on a two, twofold, I want to call it out in myself. Yeah. And I want to speak to my heart and say, it's time to get in line with God, what God's called you to do. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes our heart and our head and, and maybe our spirit, they don't get in line with each other. Mm-hmm. there's an argument going on yeah. between all of those things. And so yeah. I want us all to be able to call those things into line and say, we are all going to line up talking to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I am going to line up with what God has called me to do every part of me. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, I'm, that's why the first part is sort of talking to myself. Love's going to arise in me. Hope's going to arise in me. Truth's going to arise in me. Peace and power is going to arise in me. And then I want us to have that feeling of looking to each other as sisters in Christ and saying, let's link our arms together and say, come on, church, let's arise together and let God be seen and heard. And the, uh, the bridge is clothed in God's armor, taking background, standing together, voices resound, praises and worship honor our King. Together, together we sing. That's important that we are individuals, but we're never alone. Yes. We won't stay silent because God must be heard. Mm-hmm. Breath of creation, hope of the world. Stand on his promise, eyes fixed on him again. Mm-hmm. Together we sing. So it's very much a song about me and us because that's who God uses. God uses me and God uses us. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the body of Christ coming together and the sisterhood, if you will, coming together, encouraging one another to, as you say, arise and to stand in our truth. And we did, man, we, we got the pr- premiere preview of the song's debut at our Asa conference and everyone was cheering and we had a great time in the virtual conference, but everyone was like, yes, that nailed it. So what about to do, to arise? We talked about this earlier. You know, Esther, obviously in biblical times, she stood up, she, she rose up to her moment and her calling. Does that do you have to have an, a special anointing to be used of God or a special title or position or you know I remember in the church you know there was one woman minister and everyone else was just the kind of the lowly average female sheep can everyone arise I love that question. So Isaiah 61 verse one says the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed everyone else apart from me. No, 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 no. It says because the Lord has anointed me. Now, of course, this scripture is talking about Jesus and Jesus himself quotes that in Luke. But Jesus is calling us to join him And we are all anointed. Every single one of us is anointed to serve God in the way that he has called us to. And that's really important to me to be sharing people that if you feel like you're ordinary, actually, I feel like I'm ordinary. I'm sure you feel like you're ordinary. We'll have to do the washing up. We all have to do the ironing. We have to, you know, take our kids to school or sit, sit in a coffee shop on our own, awkwardly looking on our phone. We all have to do ordinary things. But in that, 
God has called us to be there. We've already said this, but God's already called us to be there in those ordinary places. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is still the place that we are anointed to be. You don't have to be a celebrity Christian. You don't have to stand on any kind of stage or platform. If you are grabbing your mail and you bump into your neighbor, God's anointed you to speak with them in that minute. And that minute might just be, how are you doing? How's your man? You know, maybe their grandma has been poorly or something. Well, in that moment, that's ministry. You're just listening and hearing and loving them in the way that Jesus would have, showing empathy and kindness. That is walking in your anointing. Every one of us is filled with the Holy Spirit. We are therefore anointed and we should be speaking for God, rising up because we're already equipped. We don't always recognize that. And it's such a great thing to hear you say that because we do seem to celebrate, as you mentioned, celebrity Christians. We, we hold up high in high esteem those that are on the platform and those speaking gifts and those ministry gifts. We somehow make people believe that everyone in order to be used of God has to have this special mantle on them. But the truth is we can all arise and we need to and say, yes, God, use me. I'll go. I'll speak. I'll stand. I'll do whatever you call me to do and know that it's being done for your glory. I really can change the world, albeit maybe a small piece of the world, but it's my piece. It's my area. It's where you've called me and placed me. And I am called to make a difference right there, whether I'm a soccer mom or a pastor or I work in a restaurant, I can change lives. Amen? Oh, preach. If I had a white hanky, I'd be waving it. That's what my Southern friend says. Yes, that's right? so true. Yes. Amen. <laughs> and is that what God in the Ordinary, your podcast is going to be about? Or does it have a different slant? No, you've nailed it. That's exactly it. Um, a friend of mine in the UK who is a radio producer and editor contacted me back in January and said, I have this idea and I want to work with you on it because I think it fits really well with Isaiah 61. And it, it really does. So God in the Ordinary is an interview much like this podcast, although we won't be seeing people face to face. Can I tell you a secret? Yes. The reason we can't see people face to face is because when I do the podcast, I'm literally sitting in my closet. Mm. So <laughs> we don't need to do that face to face um, <laughs> because the sound is great. <laughs> so how many people do their podcast in the closet? <laughs> yep, yeah, it's a really good place to do it because it sucks up all the bouncy sound. Um, so actually you'll see that on my, on my social media, my husband built me a, a fold away desk inside my closet so I can still get in there, but I have a desk in there, bless him. <laughs> so yes, it's all about speaking with people. So uh, we've only, we will, we launched on October the 6th. Okay. So that will be our first episode, but we have three episodes recorded. The first episode with, is with a, um, the ministry leader of a, of a large international ministry uh, and we have a mum who lives in a little village in the UK who runs a very small business. Mm. And we have a lady who coaches people in business settings. All three of those people share their stories of how they reach out and share God in their ordinary rhythms. We are never saying that God is ordinary. God is extraordinary. Yes. 
course. But he uses ordinary people like us. Mm-hmm. He makes us to be extraordinary, of course. He fills us with his spirit. He gives us all of his power. So yes, that makes us pretty special because we are his kids. Mm-hmm. But we do live, as we've already said today, we do live ordinary lives. And that's actually what God's called us to do. That's actually what Jesus did. He'd lived a day-by-day life. He ate, he walked, he slept. Presumably, he did all kinds of other things too. Um, but God's calling us to do that too and not just say, I'm too ordinary. There's no such thing as too ordinary. The very best people that God could use are just believers who are submitted to him who are willing to stand who are willing to arise and take satan by the horns yes and kick him into next year because he doesn't belong in any of the places where we see him he doesn't belong anywhere where where you ever see the enemy he does not belong there and we have authority to kick him out Mm -hmm. amen Amen. Well, that encourages me. I don't know about all of you, but I'm sure it does encourage you too. And that's why she gives hope to weary believers, because it's the word of God coming through. And we thank you for that. Again, my guest here has been Sharon Tedford. Sharon, where can they find you? Where can they get your, well, we already heard about where they can get your stand. Where will they find your God in the Ordinary podcast? Well, God in the Ordinary will launch on October the 6th and will be on your all of your favorite podcom, podcast platforms. I should probably practice saying that because I might have to say that again. Uh, <laughs> podcorn platforms. There you it's go. It's got a podcorn platform. Um, so iTunes, you'll be able to find us there. And it is God in the Ordinary. So that will be easy to find. And you can find me at my website. and um, uh, Well, at my website, which is 61-things.com and on all social media at 61 things. Perfect. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's been such a joy to have you. And thank you for encouraging all of the listeners. And thank you again, one more for leading us into praise and worship. Continue to do that, man. You bless the people. So thank you for that gift. And if you want to know more about Sharon, make sure that you stop by and see her webcast and her new podcast coming up October 6th. All right, everybody, this is Dawn Scott Damon, your host. And hey, I've got a question for you, Esters. Is this your moment to arise? I hope you enjoyed the show today. If you found value, make sure that you visit ariseester.captivate.fm. Like us, love us, and review us. And hey, wanna join the movement? Visit us on thearisemovement.com to get connected. And for more information about me, your freedom coach and host, visit freedomgirlsisterhood.com. And while you're there, take the 60-day freedom challenge. You'll be so glad you did. Until we meet again, keep rising. This is your moment.